Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin, and the place that we are talking about today may not be the easiest to find yet, but once you get there, the flavors of the tacos and the tortas coming out of this truck are so stupendous, you know that the journey is well worth it. I'm talking about Alley Taco 402, and to help me just discuss this place and the journey that it's taken, I have owner Rolando Valadez with me. Rolando, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for having me. So these are some of the best tacos I've had in Omaha, and preparing for this podcast was particularly torturous. So we're recording this on December 27th. It's about 20 degrees outside. This isn't exactly food truck weather, and you yeah. guys you guys are currently uh, closed for the season. Yeah. But you will be opening a physical location in South Omaha sometime in 2023. First of all, I just want to say congratulations Thank because you. that is awesome. It is well-earned, and I cannot wait for the opportunity to eat, to eat there. Just, I don't know what details you can share, what yeah, you feel comfortable sure. sharing, anything like that, but whatever you want to say about, about your new spot, just feel free. Let us know yeah. right now. Um, so basically, we have been, this isn't the first building that we're trying, that we're opening up um the story of alley taco is actually goes way before alley taco the name even existed um to say to tell the story of alley taco i gotta tell the story of where all this started was with my father um but all this leads up to a building um and when we got to a certain point with the food truck me and my dad, at the time when he was still alive, we were just thinking about opening up another restaurant. He had opened one up himself years prior. Um, he retired. He couldn't stay away from the kitchen. He just enjoyed bringing people together, um, which is a core concept and, and of essence of what we we're doing as well. Um, and we were searching for buildings. Nothing came to fruition then. Um, but funny enough, the building that we ended up getting was the one that me and him were talking about getting when he was still alive. Really? And it was really cool that it came for full circle because before we settled on the building I'm in now, which is on 20th and Missouri Avenue up the street from Collinsfield around South high school area, um, 
I was actually trying to get the old bar off of 10th Street. And, you know, that didn't work out. And the second, you know, the B plan or plan B or whatnot, it was that building. And it, it was funny that it just came to the same building that me and him had settled on. Um, and it was it was almost like a sign from him, you know what I mean? Because the second time around, I did it without him, unfortunately. And, you know, that's that's how we got it. I We... We went for it. Me and my wife were talking about um, getting a house because we, we have our two daughters and we need the space and whatnot. And, you know, we had a, a very serious conversation about, hey, we got a choice here right now. What we could do is we can get a house that we can afford or, you know, put our faith in what we're doing and really go for it and put that time and effort and money into a business and the business is already doing well. We know what we're doing. This isn't our first time around the block because of my father. Um, and we can put ourselves is going to struggle, but we can put ourselves in a position where we can get what we want instead of what we can afford. It's going to take longer. Um, but if you're willing to do that, I'm down if you're down. And, you know, she said she was so, we went for it, and I educated myself in different ways to achieve this. Um, I was working at election systems and software at the time, so I have I was in a position where I was able to do that. And I learned through podcasts about different programs that are offered to people um, who are just starting out. Um, and for six months, I just researched and wrote a business plan and it was the business plan, believe it or not, was very easy because it's literally just me talking about we've, what we've been doing since I've been a kid, you know. So I was very surprised that these set programs actually worked for me. And when they responded, I couldn't believe it. I was like, dang, this is for real. Like, And there was a lot of doubt along the way when I was talking about it. Um, from, you know, close individuals as well, you know, as other individuals. And it kind of, you know, you're like, well, it's, it's a lot. And I'm like, I know, but, you know, if go big or go home type of mind frame that I have, you know. And, and, it, and when it happened, I was, I was very surprised. I was very surprised that I could achieve that. And that kind of inspired me and motivated me to even just go even more. I was like, dang, if I did this somebody like me did this up to this point, there's no reason why I can't do more. And that's how that building got acquired. And um, it's a very, very big project. Um, I'm going to be very raw here and, and, say, and, and say it's, um, I, I realized I was in over my head. Um, so I asked for help. And that's something that's very difficult for somebody like me where, you know, in the environment that I grew up in, it's a lot of self-survival, a lot of, you know, strap your boots up and get to it. And I had to really say, you know what, I can't do this by myself. And I reached out to people to help out and um, slowly but surely it's getting there. Um, and I got a lot of faith and confidence that we're we're going to finish it next year. And, you know, it might be the end of the year when it opens up, but it's going to I have a strong feeling we're going to get to that point. And um, it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, and I'm not afraid of work. So, That's awesome. 
Uh, and, and just until that point, whenever that point comes, very excited for the restaurant to open, but are, are you still going to be serving out of the, yeah, out of so, the truck until so that the point? food truck? Yeah. So the food truck itself is that itself was even a, a, a journey. So I got on my IG profile for Ali Taco 402. I have actual, the video of that journey that I recorded. I watched it. And it's like a six minute video. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And so I did that with that and that goes part in plan with how I feel personally I got that community aspect of it. Um I pretty much I'm the type that I I learn from people, I learn from situations, I learn from life, I learn from my jobs. I may not enjoy the jobs all the time, but I'm really paying attention to a lot of things. I've always been a type of person that just I just Peep game is what they say. I peep game and I take it in and then I apply it to what I can apply it to. So when I was younger working at Guitar Center selling pro audio, they told me about sales. I was getting trained for better for better sales. They say if a person emotionally attaches themselves to whatever they're buying or what they're experiencing, then it almost becomes like it's theirs. They feel emotionally invested and they want to see what's next. In my head, I was like, we have this food truck. We have this truck I just got. I like to see documentaries of things being created. Why not? I just take a bunch of clips and I just take people on the journey with me. And that way they could see like, like, hey man, we're from the ground up. Nobody's giving us nothing. Like we're from South Omaha, born and raised been here since 94 doing this my dad did it now it's my turn and i'm starting from the ground up um and i think it was something that i wanted to show people that we could do not only just for to um, not necessarily win hearts and minds but not only for that but also to see to show other people from my community from my neighborhood um a whole different demographic of kids that are doing some things that they shouldn't be doing. And they could see somebody from the same neighborhood turn around and be like, all right, we can switch it. It's an inspiration. You know, I'm showing you we could do this, so, you know, see it. And see it, come to my truck and see me doing it, talk to me. And that's why I get a lot of young people, too, because of the music that when I used to help people record or when I was doing music as well, um, and because they know me from the neighborhood, they see me there. And so they see themselves there. So anytime they'll say, no, nah, well, I'm the type, I'm always like this. What do you like to do? Cool. If you could do something and get paid for it that you like doing, what would it be? And I tell some, I tell my friends all that all the time, young kids, I tell them that all the time, because I wonder how many people actually ask them that. And when you ask somebody that, they might not always have an answer, so it gets their brain turning. And that's like me planting the seed. Okay, now you can just sit there and think on that. I'll touch base, touch base with you later on and see what you come up with. But, yeah, like the whole truck, you know, it was just – that was just that. It was, a, it was a journey, and I wanted to do something, and I knew I could do it, and I wanted to show people how it was created. And I'm just happy that what I thought was going to happen happened. You know, it's almost like I spoke it into existence. You've made it happen. You know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's very, 
crazy how this whole journey has been happening. And I want to get into the backstory of that journey. Mm-hmm. But first, just in case anyone is listening to this, and at any point in this conversation, they're like, damn, I got to get some of this Alley Taco. You're located at uh, 5638 South 20th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you pull up, there's like a side alley on this house. It's a nice white food truck. And there's just a menu on the side. And you're in there usually with your wife. And you guys are just like, you're happy and you're slinging tacos. And you're, I mean, when I came, you told me like a five minute synopsis of your story. You were more than happy to talk about it. It was just a very pleasurable experience overall. So let's let's go back to the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, 1994. 1994. Your your dad he he opened the restaurant in 94. So or tell me the story behind that. So basically, the restaurant comes in later. Okay, I'll paint the scene for you. It's around. It's the early 90s. 93, 94. Um, he gets word back from where he's from in Mexico that the church. Um, it's the original church. It used to be right down the street from where we live at. It was falling apart. They needed, and this is a town that has 100, 200 people. They needed a new church. They needed funds. Uh, my father had an idea of creating a fundraiser by selling tacos. And this was in 1994 in the middle of South Omaha in the same exact alley that we're in right now. It was two houses down. It was eight of us to one house. And he had the food cart that he made himself connected it to some propane tanks and just started selling tacos. And it was something that he did to help his, his, his place of birth to help for the church. And I remember he used to have blueprints on the table and I would be looking at it and it would be on Saturdays. Cause that's when he opened up and he had blueprints on one side and he had a bunch of dollars, tens and fives on the other one of counting the money. And I would be there counting what he made. So as he's getting ready to send it to Mexico, um, I would have to write certain things down because he wasn't able to read and write in English at that time. Um, so I would write some stuff down for him to let people know, like, this is that, this is that. Um, and, yeah, that's that's where it first starting in 94, started making money. For the church, they created enough revenue that they built it, and it still stands to this day. Um, He actually was able, because he later on in life, he became a deacon, and he was able to give a church in that same church that he helped build, too, in the future. But, you know, at that point, he was just selling tacos, got to that goal. Then he stopped. People were like, I mean, we still want some food, so he kept selling it. And I remember it started in the alley. My mom was driving with him, and she told me this story. And she says they're driving on Railroad Avenue towards Bellevue. Frank's Treehouse used to be on, on, on the right side. Directly across was this old lady's antique shop. That was her house as well. And it was for sale. My dad and my mom walked off the truck, went inside, and had a talk with her. And they convinced her to, you know, sell it. They were, they were selling. They, they negotiated a price and, and, and settled on that. And he got it. And he converted. And that was back then where, you know, people weren't, the city wasn't coming, checking right, right away. There's some things that you could. Laws were a little more loose, loose A little yeah. loosey-goosey. <laughs> um, but he made a restaurant. 
with a couple hands and like three people. I remember because I drew up the plans on paint on a com- on a HP computer. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I remember. Man, I, I haven't thought about paint in like yeah. a decade. So That's he's amazing. Like, he's like he comes with a notebook paper. I remember, and he's like, "Hey, I need you to draw this on the computer, and I need you to do it this way and do that." The city's asking for it. I was like, okay. So I'm doing it, and I created the the plans for him. I didn't how how old were you at this point, first of all? Um, I want to say I was probably around 12. Okay. 12 years old. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt. Just no, 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 you're good. So I was like around 12 years old around that time because we opened up. No, I, I was like 13. I was okay. around 13 years old. Um, and I was I did I remember I did that for him, and I remember the city came back because – like he was doing all these things and everything was good. I remember they came back because the handicap of the bathrooms needed to be correct. Um, so a lot of this build comes forward now as I'm making this this project, and I'm like, I remember we got to do this. I know we got to do that. So I'm that kind of helps out now. But back then, like I said, he's going through all that. He finally gets approved, opens up the restaurant. Um, Obviously, you know, like Mexican culture, and I'm, I'm sure like a lot of small business owners, the employees are the family members or the kids in my in my situation. And my dad's like, I was like, all right, so who's working? I was like, you guys are. <laughs> I was like, okay. So we were, the, we were the workers, but I was already used to that. You know, I was already helping from 94. I was already helping my mom make tortillas. I was putting the bolitas, the masa balls, to make flour tortillas. And... I was also helping my dad clean intestines. So back then, they didn't clean intestines like they do now. I would have to get the intestines and put them in a hose, and I'd have to drain them. And really? Have, yeah, that's how they used to do it back wow. then. And it was in that same alley between those houses. You know how you walk down the stairs? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was right there, and that's where I would be draining them. That same between those two houses is where by that and there used to be a there's a hose thing there on the side and that's where I was washing the comales the the flat tops that my dad after cooking he would give them to me and that was my job and I'd do all that um then he moved me up when the restaurant came up I was now a cook I was helping him cook and do all that stuff so I've been from the very nastiest thing up to the easiest part at least for me was the cooking you know um it turned into a restaurant in around 2000 i believe um no i I, it was like yeah i'm not sure on the years but i remember after it was done um it went no it went on till 2003 that's what i was thinking about so it went on till 2003 and i graduated high school he shut it down after he shut it down, um, I promised myself that I didn't want to do that anymore. Like, I was so much into the restaurant business as a kid that I almost disliked it. Like, I got to a point where I was like, no, I don't want to do anything. Because my whole childhood was like, anytime I want to go out somewhere, no, you got to come and work. I want to go with my friends. You got to come and work. I want to do this. You got to come and work. And that was literally it, you know? Um, which I feel like sometimes I purposely push myself in bad directions because I wanted not to be there so bad. So I purposely rebelled sometimes and put myself in bad situations so I didn't have to be there. 
um, <clears throat> which looking back was a very dumb thing to do. But, you know, you live and learn. We all do dumb things you as know? kids. I s- still do plenty of dumb yeah, things. Yeah, likewise. So, um, you know, after a while, he um, – it was successful, man. He did great. He he provided for us the entire time. You know, he worked construction 14-hour days at Hawkins, and from there he would go straight to the restaurant. Um, and, you know, before he got to the restaurant, we'd already had been there getting things ready. So that by the time he got there, all he had to do was just finish up some things and start cooking. Um, and it's funny because I'm doing that now. You know, I was doing that, you know, with the working full time. As soon as I got done working, I go straight to see an inventory, what we need, go straight to the other aspects of it. You know, we work seven days a week. It's it's a it's a tough routine, but it's for a purpose, you know, and, and it's OK. As long as I I know my purpose, I know my goals, and I know how to get there. So it's something that I want to keep keep at it. Um, but, yeah, so he stopped. To go back to the story, sorry. Um, he stopped. He got bored uh, at home being retired. And he starts selling again. And I'm like, dang, Dad, you going to start selling again? He's like, I thought you were retired. He's like, man, I can't just stop moving. He's like, I'll, I'll retire when I, when I die is what he used to say. I'll sleep when I die. I was like, you got to get some rest. He's like, nah, I'll rest when I die. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Dad, all right. So he started selling Saturday and Sunday. Word got out. His original clientele starts coming back. Um, and for those that don't know, um, South Omaha has, and, and I would say East Omaha, but there's a lot of hidden bubbles in East Omaha with a lot of food spots. And unless you're in the neighborhood or from the neighborhood, you might not hear about it. But luckily enough, mine is one of those that kind of leaked out from the bubble of its where it's at. And, you know, everybody else is starting to hear about it, which is some super cool. Um, but that's South Omaha and some parts of North Omaha as well. Um, but just to give context on how it is over there. So he started selling again. People started coming back. Um and I would notice that his Sundays were more busier than Saturdays. And then he eventually stopped doing on Saturday. I was already had went through the whole independent stage of I don't want to do nothing to do with food. I don't want to do anything that I got into music. I got into hip hop. I got into recording. I met a lot of good friends, a lot of good people in the industry. Um, I got a lot into audio uh, which is my second passion is just creating things um, is what I'm really finding that is my passion, not necessarily just music, but creative things in general. Um, and I felt like I needed to take myself and my family to the next level. I, I've, I've never been one to conform. My dad always used to say I'm very ambitious that's a good and a bad thing sometimes, depending on who you ask. But I knew I wanted more. I would see other people in this world with more that didn't look like me. And I didn't see a lot of people that did look like me that had more um, in my my reach of what I was seeing. And I wanted to change that. And I would tell my dad, because he was like, are you crazy? You're thinking too big. And I'll be like, why, though? If I could see them do it, why can't I do it? 
And that's what I kept telling myself. And I had to be realistic with what I knew what I could do. And I knew that as much as I didn't want to, I knew cooking like the back of my hand because that's literally all I did was coming up was help my dad. My bro- he showed My dad showed us two things. My brother, mechanics, me, business, and food. My brother ended up going to the Army and became a combat mechanic, went to Iraq, did the whole thing honorably discharged was a, a sergeant had his own platoon had his own group of, of, of soldiers um and he learned mechanic he can fix anything fix he was fixing tanks while bombs were being dropped around him you know it's he, it was he has you know he taught him that but with me he taught me food he taught me cooking he taught because i was while he was in the army doing all that I was the young one, so now the focus went away from him and was towards me. And at that time, we had the restaurant, so that's where I was learning everything, learning the ropes, as they say. Um, So I was, like, realistically thinking, how am I going to get to the next level, aside from my job, right? Well, I know cooking, and I know creative and recording. How many studios that are super successful in Omaha are there? There's not too many, let's be honest. Um, do they create a huge revenue? Probably not. If there's not people record, if there's nobody recording, then no. Right. And so I'm like, all right, I got to do the food. That's what I know how to do. I like cooking. I like hanging out with my friends. I like kicking it with people. I like talking to people. Um, I'm like, all right, let's try it again. So I told my dad, Hey, let me do Saturdays. He's like, you sure? He's like, don't quit. I was like, nah, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll work on it. And that's how I started. It was this the before I got to the truck, I was help I was selling on Saturdays out the basement um for like three years. Oh wow. Yeah. So for three years it was up and down, up and down. Nobody knew other than the community. So it got to a point where I remember, you know, they say blood, sweat, and tears. Like, I don't, I didn't, I was like, man, whatever. But until you live it, you live it, right? So it got to a point where I was like almost tearing up because I was like, I was telling my dad one day, and I remember this conversation clear as day. I'm like, it was slow for a while. And I was like, dad, like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, man. I keep, like, I just keep coming out of pocket, coming out of pocket, coming out of pocket. He's like, nah, son, that's how it works. Sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss, but stay consistent. You got to be strong, have faith, be strong-minded, just keep going. Just keep going. It's like, like imagine me, like if I would have stopped, we would have never even got to this point. He's like, you got to keep going, man, don't quit. And I was like, all right, man. I was, I bit the bullet, as they say, and just kept going. I was, Even though I wasn't making anything at that time, I was just keep, I was like, eventually it'll happen. But during that time, I was also figuring out my way of doing certain things, figuring out spices, figuring out um, what could of meat I like better, you know, because I never got a chance to do that with my dad's restaurant. But now that I'm doing it on my one day, I want to see how I can do something my own way. Spin yeah, put my own spin on it. So for the asada, I settled on the same one that we always have used, which is the chuck roll. Because it has enough fatty, um, enough fat, and, you know, it gives a good flavor. I like it. Um, and I was like, man, I, me and my pops, my pops had a, his own spices, but I, I took his base and just started working with it. And 
you know, I figured out something that I liked and I stuck with it. And at first, um, it was, it started coming back slowly, you know, um, I had a bunch of ideas by then and I said, and I found, I was on the internet searching for equipment. Like I'm an auction guy. Like I won't buy anything, but I'll go on all the auction sites and just, just look to take a look, just look yeah. at stuff. Right. And so I'm looking, I go on Facebook. I'm start looking at the market sell. That's what me and my dad would do. Just go to marketplace, Facebook and just see what we could buy. <laughs> like we've always just random stuff. And I see a truck in Kansas for like four racks cheap. And I'm like, hold up. This is a scam. Email the guys. It's some two brothers. They have an insulation, foam insulation company. They just got brand new trucks. So this is like the last one that they're just trying to get rid of. I go down and check it out. It's clean. Low miles. Doesn't need hardly any work. And they just want to get rid of it because they just want the room. I take, I go with my brother. We pick it up. I get it for four grand. Come back. Me and my dad start seeing, seeing how he could do it. I leave one day. I come back the next day. My dad already has all the stuff down. He's already doing things. I'm like, whoa, like, dang, you didn't even wait. He's like, he just starts going. Um, and that's how it starts. Like, he kind of made me go without even being ready. Like, he's like, no, you got the check. It's go time. You know, like the next day he was already doing that. So I was like, okay, well, then I start looking for equipment. And it was very easy for me to spend the money on things that I know are going to give returns back. You know, I, I understood that concept easy, you know, since little. So to me, it was like, anytime I don't want to spend a big amount of money for the business or or not don't, but I guess I should, it hurt, it hurts somebody sometimes when you got to spend a lot. Right. So the way I mentally prepare myself, I tell myself certain things I go, well, when you were younger, you spent $200 going out just drinking with your friends and didn't do anything and didn't get anything back. Matter of fact, sometimes you didn't even remember the night, so you don't even remember memories. You know, it shouldn't hurt you to spend two, $300 on a piece of equipment or uh, invest in your business when it's actually going to give you a return. And I started using different terminology. I started, instead of saying I'm spending, I'm investing. And that made my brain and at least think like, okay, it's not a bad thing because this eventually is going to come back. And that's how I did it. We got piece by piece, little by little. My my dad was able to find some spots because, like I said, he's an auction guy too. So he showed up with a couple stuff and he just started going at it. And I was like, I got to document this. It's like, I have to. And I did, and I and that was the the whole goal was like, I like watching these documentaries, like I said. So let me do something similar so that everybody could see how we did it, and if it could inspire somebody else to do it, cool. If it shows somebody on the other part of the city that's on the edge of wanting to do this and has the money and has the resources, and they're seeing somebody on the other side of the city with less just going for it, maybe it'll push them a little bit more and say, you know what, if he could do it with less, there's no reason I can't do it, you know? And mm -hmm. so these these are little things that I'm thinking about as I'm doing things because I like to think like that, you know what I mean? 
I don't do things for just one purpose all the time. You know, I do things, a lot of my stuff, a lot of my moves are calculated and have ripple effects. I, I, I always call ripple effects. Everything we do has a ripple effect. Good, bad, everything. But usually you're not thinking about those ripple no. effects ahead of time. So no. that you do yeah, is I really do. fascinating. Yeah, I do a lot. Um, and that goes into my personal story, which involves a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with food, <laughs> um, which is where I was rebelling, quote unquote. Right. You know, um, and I had to learn those because they ended up with me being in jail at some point. It ends up with people being in violent situations and other points and, and involves in other things like that, you know, and it affected people that had nothing to do with it as well. So when you cause a negative, you see really what you cause. And if you're not aware of that, you know, it's, it, you're only going to do more damage, right? And so I learned young, quick, what one thing can lead to what other thing to lead to another thing, you know? Something as simple, an example without getting into too many details, it's just something as simple as saying, me and you have a conversation, I misinterpret that, say something to somebody else about something else, and now you, they think you said something else, and that leads to something totally different that never should have even existed, right? Mm-hmm. Something as small as that. And I started noticing these things early. So I told myself, okay, when I do something, I got to be aware of what's coming with it. It doesn't just affect me. Um, and, and yeah, so I, every time since then, I, I I like to make sure that things that I say are are, are being said correctly. So I'll, I'll, I'll think a little bit before I talk now. Um, I don't go just off of emotion. I'm learning to control emotions as well still to this day i mean i think that's a learning process that everybody still does um and yeah i i'm just very aware of a lot of smaller things that i i think the average person doesn't register right away until after the fact you're like damn i shouldn't have said that because now they you know this or that you know and that happens to me still to this day but i'm more aware of it you know well, and I think, you know, you've talked about some of the negative ripple effects that our actions and words can have, but you've also said a lot about the positive effects. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people, if they open, and we could be talking about any business, but we're specifically talking about a food business here, a restaurant, food truck, whatever, you know, catering company, whatever it might be, they're thinking about the bottom line and they're thinking, okay, how am I going to ha- help this thing survive? Obviously, you have that in mind too, but you've talked about, hey, I'm trying to make an example here for young kids and try to encourage them to think like, what is your version of this food truck? You know, maybe you're not into food, but maybe you're into music. Maybe you're into sports, like whatever it is, go for it. Like Mm -hmm. the the only person who's telling you, you can't do that might be yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times is that. And so I'm glad you touched on the bottom line because I get it. Business is business. The bottom line has to count, right? Sure. It's we're in the business to make money. However, I'll, I'll go on record saying to me, making money is not hard. Saving money is hard. If you can get up and work, you can make money. Saving it, keeping it, managing it, maneuvering it in the correct way, spending it in the correct way, that's hard. 
that's difficult. That's what I'm learning is managing the finances so that they work for me. All that financial knowledge of making your finances work for you, I was not educated in, which I had to research, you know, which is, goes into the podcasts of, that I was, learn, uh, I was listening to that guided me to certain things that I ended up researching, which ended up helping me maneuver my money better, which led for me growing the business. So, you know, all those things matter yes but in the end to me what matters most is the money's gonna come if you focus on the money you're never gonna get to that and my my, I'm very very adamant about that Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna tell you why it's because you're gonna stop thinking about everybody and only thinking about that thing you're chasing you stop thinking about how you make people feel you start thinking about a person and now you look at them as a number you know I come from a time where we didn't have a lot but we still gave a lot and I was baffled by why my dad would always be giving 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 constantly and I'm like dad you give everything you ain't giving me nothing he's like what are you talking about he's like where you at you got your house right. You got this right. You got that right. But I'm just seeing the obvious, right? Just, and it's funny because now me, I'm doing the same thing. An example, another example is there was a gentleman when he had his restaurant. There was a gentleman that would walk down 24th Street, and you'll still see him if you drive down 20. You'll still see him right now. He 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 has a hunchback. He's an older guy, and he carries cans, and he's always picking them up. He would go to all the restaurants and get try to get food, and they would kick him out. He had to make it all the way to Railroad Avenue, where my dad's restaurant was at. And I remember the first time he came in, and he walked in. He had just getting kicked out from the cross the street, which used to be El Catrina at that time. But they ended up letting him in because of us, because they saw that we let him in. Mm-hmm. So they started be like, ah, okay. I don't think they wanted to look bad, maybe. I don't know. But I remember he came across the street. And he had his cans, and, you know, he was homeless at the time. Yeah, you could tell he hadn't showered in a bit and things like that. We had customers, but my dad didn't care. He's like, hey, just leave your cans right there if you want. You can bring them in or leave them right there at the door. He brought them in, gave him a table, made him some enchiladas, gave him some food, and let him chill, just treated him like a human for a little bit, you know. And he told him, hey, anytime you're hungry, come over here and come eat and I learned a lot you know what I mean I seen my pops do stuff like that on a human level with nothing in return like he don't like he don't want nothing back he's just doing it because that's the right thing to do you know morals and values so I learned from that and I apply that to the same thing with what I'm doing so in my truck I used to get I'll get some people that if I see uh, they're counting change with their friends and there's that one friend that he's just counting his money in the back and I see him and I'm like, hey, what you want, bro? Oh, man, I ain't got what you want. I ask you what you got. What you want? I got you. It's like, just next time you're good, but I got you this time, bro. He's like, oh, for real? He's like, yeah, I got you, bro. Don't even trip. I already know what time it is. Like, you just, you know, get to it and, you know, come back. He's like, all right, bet. Let me get some. And 
that's how I do it, you know. Um, if, it, if I see kids, like, I was like, hey, you want to flan? It's like, you know, taste the flan, you know, stuff like that. It's fun for me, you know. Um, if, it's a, if it's a new person like yourself, right, I'm more like, you want to try that water? Like, I'll give you a water. You want to try it? Because to me, it's not like, yeah, you're buying what you're buying, but I'm more like, nah, man, you're, you're here now. Now you're a part of the part of the environment. You, you don't get you, you're not just going to eat here. You're you're we're going to talk to you if if you want to have the conversation. I mean, we're going to talk to you. We're going to get to know you. If I see you're wearing some cool gear or a cool shirt, I see that I'm going to say like, "Hey dude, I like your shirt, bro. That's tight." Um, we make people feel at home, you know? That's the thing. It's it's more than food. Food is just a vessel that brings everyone together. I break bread with my peoples. I break bread with people. And I feel like that's that that in itself is why I'm successful. Because it doesn't matter if it's you, it doesn't matter if it's another person that has never been in that side of town. He could be from West Omaha, has never been in South Omaha, but I'm gonna make him feel at home so that when he's down here, he feels comfortable. He knows that if he doesn't understand the menu, I'll explain it to him. You don't got to feel weird about it. For what? There's no reason for that. We're all people. We learn from each other. You know what I mean? So why are we going to make it a hassle to just order a food? Nah. You're going to come in, we're going to kick it. And you're going to eat, and you're going to leave, and you're going to be like, I want to go back and kick it with the homeboy again. <laughs> I want to go back and take my friend over there next time. Uh-huh. And when you come back, I'm going to recognize you. And I'm like, hey, what's up, bro? Nice to come. Nice to see you again. Now that person is going to be like, dang, he knows you? He's like, oh, yeah, I came here and get it. You know what I mean? And so now you're not just a, a customer. Now you're like, no, I know him. I go eat at his truck. Now you're a part of that community. You know what I mean? And that's when you come to Alley Taco, that's what you get. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, I'm trying to sell you a bunch. Nah, man, come down, experience what we got to offer, enjoy some good food, and leave happy. And that's it. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. This is just amazing. This is one of my favorite conversations I've had on the podcast, and we've barely talked about food at all. <laughs> but but I think you, like, what you're putting into words is just what makes food so amazing, is that it brings people together. I always, like... Food is the great connector. Yes. We all have to eat. Yeah. And we all enjoy food of some kind. So it, it's just a natural way to bring people together. But then it's doing things like you're talking about. It's those intentional steps. Like my first time when I showed up, it was probably, 
I don't know, somewhere between 30 and yeah. 40 degrees. It, it was a chilly day. Yeah. You guys gave me a, a Mexican hot chocolate. I'd never had that before. So, A, I was getting warm because it was cold out. But, B, I was getting to experience something new. And, C, it was just like I didn't ask for that. I didn't order that. But it was just like, hey, it's cold. Let's help this guy warm up. And you didn't know yeah. who I was. Like, uh, it, it was you were just helping out a not even a customer, but another fellow human. And I yeah. think that's a big part of what has made your business so successful and that, you know, you don't have a giant marketing campaign or, you know, yeah. you don't have, like, you've got a good presence on social media, but you're not, like, all over the internet. You guys don't even have a website. But mm-hmm. it's, if somebody does show up, they have an experience where they're, they become a brand ambassador mm-hmm. like that because it's so positive yeah yeah and i see that i see that happening um i think it's a great thing i think it's it's natural i like that it's organic that way um mind you i get emails constantly you want to advertise here you want to market this you want to do that and i purposely say no on right now i do i purposely say no um because I want people to bring people. You know what I mean? It's one thing if a newspaper tells you to go. It's one thing if a restaurant tells you to go. But who's who are you going to listen to more? Your friends. Them or your friends? Your, your friends family members, your yeah. family members. Hey, bro, check out this spot, man. It's pretty cool. You know, everybody has their favorites. I have favorites that ain't even my own food. You know what I mean? I like to eat food in general. Um, so... That's another thing was like, I'll tell friends that I know that their family have restaurants too. I go to eat with their restaurants because I know their parents too. Like my, here's a side note, a little, I don't know what they call it. A cliff note Mm -hmm. is what they say. So my dad started first, right? Uh, From his community. From him starting, there's three spots in the city that started based off of him because he inspired three. Really? And one of them um, sells menudo. It's right by the projects, by the Stevens Center across the street. And the other one's the the Netty Blue Bus. That's my godfather. And the other one was uh, another restaurant called um, La Chiripa, which is no longer around. Um, but that's my daughter's godfather. And they all, they all followed suit, you know, right after. And they all did their own thing. And... Um, you know, some of them are still doing it right now. And I always thought that that was cool because that's kind of like the same thing that we're trying to do. You know what I mean? It's just I get some emails or some DMs sometimes from other guys that and other people that want to start theirs. And like I said, it's like in my head, I'm like, dude, I know you could do it because I was able to do it. And I always say that to people. I was like, if I could do it, bro, trust me, you could do it because I'm one of those people that I really did not think I could do it, you know? And when s- these little things happen, like, it's like a huge deal for me because, like, oh, snap, I did it, <laughs> you know? The fact that the SBA uh, loan people approved me, um, mind you, all my docs were were good. It's not, not on that aspect. It's just that I couldn't picture myself. Getting over that mental Getting hurdle. over that, you know, over that hurdle and, and, and achieving said goal. And because I did it, it's like I said, it's just more like, dang, a lot of this stuff, maybe this, maybe everything is possible. 
And like you said, we're our own hurdles that we're stopping each other, right? We're stopping ourselves from taking it to that next step. And mind you, I'm still in the beginnings of my personal, of Ali Taco, it's still the beginnings of it. I'm not even up yet, in my opinion. I'm not even up. I'm barely getting up there, right? And I'm more like, oh, I know I could do so much. I have big ideas. The way the building's going to be inside is going to be a whole vibe, too. It's going to be a lot of different things. It's not going to be a traditional-looking inside type of thing from the restaurant. There's going to be decor. is going to be a lot of different things. There's going to be stuff from South Omaha, stuff from Omaha, stuff from where I'm from, stuff from Mexico. What the community is is when you get in there and you're going to be like, there's going to be a lot of photo op, you know, a lot of um, graffiti artists that I know. Um, they're going to do a lot of murals and stuff for me. Um, it's going to be cool. I have a I have a set vision for it, which is why it's probably going to take long too. But I don't know, man. It's it's something that you know. It's it's a it's a it's a great journey. It's difficult, but there's beauty and struggle, you know. And I get to break bread with my peoples and just enjoy. I don't know. It's just something, something, something crazy. It's something crazy that I'm living, and you know, it's I'm just grateful for it, you know. So. So it's, I mean, just throughout this conversation so many times, whether you've meant to or not, you've talked about how your dad has inspired you. Mm -hmm. And there are all these lessons that he taught you throughout your life that at the moment he might not have even recognized, you know, intent. he might have not like been intentionally trying to teach you something, but now years later, it's formed you into the man that you are and mm -hmm. in, into this, into a business owner and someone who's, you know, creating something. And unfortunately, your dad, uh, he, he did pass yeah. in, in, in 2021. But now mm -hmm. you get to carry that legacy on. Like, yeah. not not only just the legacy of the life that you're living and all the lessons that he poured into you, but the legacy of his his food and what he started all those years ago doing for that church down in Mexico. Like, you're carrying that on, mm -hmm. maybe in a little bit of a different form, but still that's his legacy like how important and how impactful is that to you um it was you know when he passed it, it so he passed from covid when covid was just fresh here in the country he was one of the first you know wave of people that unfortunately passed that really knocked us off track um for a little bit man um i didn't want to do it i didn't want to do it i didn't want to do nothing about food I didn't want to do anything with music. I didn't want to do nothing. And I've never been like that. Never. I've lost, you know, unfortunately, friends through gang violence, through um, other avenues. But it never affected me like it did when I lost my pops. And for a while, I didn't want to do any of that. And then I was, like, thinking to myself, I'm like, man, all this for nothing, really? Like, I'm going to let it go for nothing? Like, I don't I don't think that's what he would like. I went on his Facebook, and I saw his... He put a, a picture up on his uh, banner for his profile, because I, I didn't even know he had a Facebook, really. And I missed him. I wanted to see his face. So I go up there. I'm going through his pictures. And then I see his banner, and he put a quote. Um, 
up on there, and it was on the 15th of January. My grandma, so unfortunately around my birthday, a lot of things happened. At the day after my birthday, I got the call that my father got sick with COVID, and we had to go to get him. A month later, he passed. On my birthday, my grandmother, his mom, died. So he put that picture the day after she passed, um, and it was said, it's okay to keep living. And I was like, damn, I wonder if he's like, if that's a sign or whatever, right? So I'm like, take a deep breath, and I'm more like, all right, you know, let's let's do it. All right, shake it off, shake it off, get back up, stop, stop crying, stop wallowing or whatever the word is in 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 your in your sadness, you know. So I I forced myself, man. I really did. I forced myself to get up and 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 go back to it, and that's when I finished off the truck and started pushing for it and opened it up uh Cinco de Mayo I think is when I opened it up or a little bit after that um of 2020 yeah 2020 so um yeah I after I just went for it I I went for it with no intention or no goal other than just to go for it because I was just like in that mind frame like I just got to do something and I got to do it and I don't know how it's going to end up, but let's just do it. For these last three, four years, I've been going up and down with the business and the clientele. But I got a feeling that once I drop this video, which is the doc, once I drop this video and I push it and promote it like if it was a music. And at that time, I was pushing it to the demographic that um, I started with, which was just like more of the younger kid, younger kids, the younger crowd, the people that I knew from music and whoever they knew. And so I did it and it resonated with a lot of them. When I opened up the food truck, they all came to support. Um, I, I sold out. I was like, Oh snap. And that was my first time, you know? And I think Mind you, like, I, I'm aware that it a part of it maybe have been, you know, some emotional thing. Like, dang, he, he he's going for it after his dad passed. Like, I'm going to go support. And I know some of it was that. Some of it was friends supporting in general. Um, but I'm glad that that even happened. And I'm grateful for that because that just opened the door for everybody else to come through. Because once they tasted what I had to offer, it just started happening more and more and more. And I think the truck itself, for me personally, I think the truck is the next step up, which made everybody start coming in. And then the other aspect of this is the person that's not here, right? So people started showing up. I'm in the kitchen. I'm I'm in the I'm, I'm on the griddle cooking. Who they see first? You got lucky. You got to see me first. <laughs> but who they usually see first is is my lady and. She's always with a big smile. She's a very personable person. She's charismatic, just like me. And um, we're people talkers, you know? So we talk to everybody, and we love just conversating, you know? Just learning about people and just having a good conversation. I love a good conversation. So she would be the one receiving people. They'd enjoy, you know, talking with her. She received them well. And 
it was a good a good balance of I'm helping on one side and she's doing the front of house and it worked out and it slowly started growing. Um, I did not know that certain friends knew other people who had some influence and they brought them down or would tell them about who, what I was doing or they would take them food and be like, dang, this is pretty good. Where's this at? This at? And it slowly started growing and it became into what it is now. And it's pretty trippy to see, like, because for one, the way you described it on your post when you wrote it, um, we're writers at heart, too. Like, my family loves to write. Mm-hmm. And so, like, me and my daughter, my daughter was like, dude, this dude writes so cool. Like, I like how he oh, wrote. Thank you. And, and I'm like, I know, right? It's like I was reading it, too. It's like, like he could write pretty cool, like a story. Like, you you visualize, You made it visualize in my head exactly what we were kind of going for. And it was tight. And I was happy that, all right, cool, they get it. You know, every they're, they're starting to get what we're trying to bring to the table. And... And yeah, so it, it's it's some crazy, it's some crazy that, fun like, and I, it's not to me to sound um, like um, cocky or anything of that. It was just like I knew that we were bringing something different to the table because we're just not here trying to make money. You know what I mean? We're trying to make something that's bigger than what money can offer. You know, and if I'm able to support and bring my family up in the by doing this then i'm even more all for it and on top of that if i'm able to help other people from my area come up it's priceless um we get people family members that are looking for jobs too you know and my dad would always give people that you know would be fresh from mexico come in and would help them you know get situated um I see myself doing things like that too. You know, my 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 wife is a DACA recipient, so we understand where some people have issues getting things going, have apprehensions, getting help and things like that. She loves, you know, helping people too. So I think, you know, by us the more we get, the more we have to give. You know what I mean? And that's really how I'm seeing things right now. And I've never, I've never not had any negative experiences with giving, even if people take advantage, because I wasn't doing it to get nothing back. You know, I just wanted to help out. And if you take the help and do good with it, bet. And if you don't, oh, well, you know, it is what it is. That don't mean I'm going to stop helping somebody. <laughs> you know, that's just... How you got to take it. You had the best intentions. Yeah. You you did what 100%. was right. You know, you you can't control what somebody yeah. else is going to yeah. do with it. You can only control what you do. Yeah. yeah. This has been just an awesome conversation. I I can't even believe we talked for an hour and barely touched on food <laughs> I know we didn't at, even at all. Food. But I, I, wanna, I want to be that voice to people now because, like, you talk so much about how it, it's word of mouth. Yeah. It, it's somebody yeah. bringing somebody down and saying, you got to try this food or, or taking food to somebody and saying, hey, you got to try this. And that's why you've been able to be so successful without doing a bunch of marketing. I want to give a shout out to Tim Maids because he was that Tim guy. Cool. He was that guy for me. Like every time I would post something on Instagram or whatever about tacos, 
I just knew I would get a I would get a direct message after that from Tim and he'd be like, dude, you gotta get to Ali Taco. Have you been to Ali Taco yet? You know. And I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm working yeah. on it. And then I finally <laughs> did it and I'm like Damn, I see what Tim was talking about. And now I want to be that voice to other people. Yeah. Because, like, as cool as your story is, your food is so good. Like, that torta. Yeah. And we let the food food speak for itself. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's my thing. I was like, I could tell you it's fire because it's fire. It's fire. I'll tell you, if you, I'll be honest, it's fire. Growing up, I was making the tortas in my dad's restaurant. They used to, <laughs> there's a guy that used to rap and they used to call him a tamale kingpin because he used to sell tamales and stuff. And my friends would laugh, would make fun of me in a sense like, dog, you're like the torta kingpin, dog, because I'd be smashing on your tortas. And I was, this is me growing up because I was making, and a lot of times the people didn't realize that my dad's restaurant, he was, once he got me going, he was able to freely go to church and do his thing and become a deacon and all that. And I was the cook. So mm-hmm. the entire time, I'm the one making all the food, and people thought it was my dad most of the time. But it was half of the time it was me, half of the time it was him. It's only when he would, had to go to church is when I, I was the one cooking. So, like, I've, I've been cooking. I love cooking. I know I got good food. I love flavors. I love food. And, you know, I know that I like this. I like doing this. I like when somebody comes and just orders one taco. I'm like, all right, bet. And I'll make that because I know he's going to order two more. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, bet. I got one. That's the one I want to make. I want to convert right now because he's coming like, all right, what do you got? Let me just get one. Which one should I get? I was like, I got you. And I'll make one real quick. Everything's hot and fresh. Eat it. Tortillas handmade. My mom still makes them. That's the one thing. A lot of there's different ways that everybody makes tortillas. We have been making the same tortillas the same way since I've been born. It's the same recipe. It's straight from Mexico. I'm first generation Mexican American. My family straight from Guanajuato. Everything we do is the same way we did when we was growing up in in in, in South Oman back when we were little kids. The food that my parents brought from Guanajuato, nothing has changed. I'm going, we're closed because I'm going to Mexico to bring back the ingredients that we that we do to make our stuff. Like, that's how we make our stuff. I buy things that I need to buy here, but there's certain ingredients that we leave once a year to Mexico to bring back. The cinnamon, we get from Mexico. You know, chiles, we bring straight from Mexico, even though we can buy them here. We just bring them ourselves. My stuff that I make, my pastor, I bring that straight from Mexico. My pastor is made with things from Mexico. You know what I mean? And so that's part of how, why our thing, our food tastes like that is because it's still made the same way that my dad made it, the way my grandma made it for him, the way my mom made it, the way her parents or her grandma made it for her, you know, and it's it just stays the same. And Tim is, you know, to touch base on Tim, He's he's such a great guy. This is something else, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna even be more transparent on this. Okay. Um because of the food truck, I was able to meet people that weren't from my race that I had a stereotypical view of the same way the other side might feel the same way about ours, right? And I was exposed to good humans on all sides. Um, People like you, people like Tim. Um, Unfortunately, 
you know, we did see some racism and things like that. And it, it, it kind of shapes views sometimes, right? But as with this food journey, I've met a lot of good people. And it almost was like, you almost be like ashamed that you even had that stereotypical thought until you meet people like, no, not everybody's like that, you know? And I'm glad that people like that exist, you know? People like Tim exist, people like you guys exist because you guys come here with no judgment, you know what I mean? Um, I haven't, you know, growing up wasn't the best at what at the best human, you know what I mean? But I believe in redemption, I believe in changing, and I believe in changing for the better. Um, and I'm glad that in this, I've met great people that treat me like a regular person. You know what I mean? Um, especially with the way the world is right now, it's it it gets scary at times, and it's more like now. Nah, but we 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 got good people here too. You know, we got people that actually want to come together. We got people that identify with each other in other ways. You know. My daughter was outside playing with Tim's daughter. And my daughter comes out and says, is everything okay? You guys need anything? And she's like a little girl, five years old. And Tim and his wife are cracking up because they said that that recognizes, that resonated with them because their little girl is growing up as well in a restaurant vibe, right? My little girl's coming up in a restaurant vibe. And that's something that we relate to each other on, you know? And there's a lot that people relate to each other. And all you got to do is just talk. And what's the best way to do that over? Some tacos. Food, yeah, of course. <laughs> some food. Well, yeah, I mean, you've, you've done that. You've created a space for people to come together. I mean, you know, to be perfectly honest, there's not a lot of times when I would be in South Omaha, you know, interacting with that community except to come and have food there. Like, that was what got me there, and I made a great connection with you. I've made connections with other people in a different part of town because food brought us together. So I just want to say thank you for being one of the people who's who's created that bridge and that pathway and, and made something really cool with Ali Taco. Um, everybody listen to this. Follow Ali Taco 402 on Facebook and Instagram. You can stay up to date with everything that's going on with the food truck. When that opens up again uh, in the spring, when temperatures get a little bit warmer, you will want to get these tacos. And then Whenever that restaurant comes to fruition, I know that you got big plans. Maybe it's yeah. going to take longer. Maybe it won't. We'll see. Yep. But I can't wait to see what it looks like. Thank you. Rolando, thank you so much for, for giving me the time today, but ultimately just for creating something that really is special. Thank you, Nan. Appreciate you. All right. And as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.